Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on today's show of a very special guest. I was just on his show. His name is David Hevener. Last name is spelled H-E-A-V-E-N-E-R. And I just came across that he uh, has just published a book, very interesting book with a lot of topics that I've studied and very timely and a lot of firsthand experiences that he's had are in this book titled End Times Investigations. So the full title is End Times Investigations with David Heavener. And he's also interviewed a lot of people that I'm familiar with. Unfortunately, Russ Dizdar has passed away, but I was friends with Russ. Really, when I got started, I have a signed copy of his Black Awakening from him. So he has him in the book. Ellie Marzulli was one of my first interviews in 2010, too, when I was talking about Prophet of Evil. Um, some other people that I've seen and listened to. But uh, you can see those in the book. But David Heavener has a very long career and a variety of different skills. He's had a very interesting life. He is a seasoned Hollywood filmmaker who's written, directed, produced, and starred in over 50 motion pictures. He has directed such Hollywood greats as Academy Award winner nominees, such as Martin Landau, Tony Curtis, and many others. His movies have premiered on HBO, Showtime, and major TV networks worldwide. Throughout a career encountering victims of demonic attacks, SRA, trafficking, programming, and the new age, David focuses his ministry on exposing and destroying the works of the dark side. David's upcoming TV series, Last Evangelist, now in production, is a CSI-type show set in the Book of Revelation. A new world officer hears from God and decides instead to battle the Antichrist with a Bible in one hand and a gun in the other. And you can see a lot of his work on his website. So it's his full name, davidhevener.tv. So you can go check that out and... Uh, I think he's actively working on projects right now, but he goes into a lot of detail in his life. He's had a lot of uh, supernatural experiences as well, but uh, I'm really delighted to have him on the show. So David Evener, welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, William. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And geez, that introduction makes me want to go sign up for my own network, uh, <laughs> David Evener TV. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Well, people should go check it out. I mean, for people who haven't heard your name or your work, you've done tons of, uh, Many, many movies um, in Hollywood. Can you kind of talk about how you got started? I know you went kind of bounced from Nashville to yeah. currently being in Hollywood. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. I was a songwriter in Nashville uh, for some years with Capitol. I was fortunate enough to have a couple of uh, top 10 records. But uh, somebody said you ought to go to Hollywood and get your music in the movies. And I went out there and I tried to pitch my music but they weren't interested. But one Chinese Asian guy who was a producer, he thought I looked like Clint Eastwood. So he got his camera out and he said, I want to audition you. He said, I want you, I want the youth to act like Clint Eastwood. And I said, I'm not an actor. He said, act like a clean. So I, you know, I did, I know what you're thinking, punk, did he fire six shots or only five? Well, make my day, you know? And so I did this uh, bad impersonation of Clint Eastwood and, I got a call the next day. He put me as, as starring in the movie, uh, and it was a martial arts movie. So the rest is history. I uh, went on making independent film after independent film, and uh, after 50 films, here I am. Right, so you've done tons of films. You've been distributed all over Asia, right? So a lot of your films make it uh, globally. But can you kind of talk about you wrote your uh New Tiny Tim, some people may be too young to remember him, but also had some kind of run-ins with uh, the underbelly of the music industry, right? I did. Going back to my music career, you're right about that. Thank you for bringing it up. 
Uh, yeah, I, I worked with Tiny Tim, Tiptoe, you know. So I worked with Tiny, and I was this front man for a while. <clears throat> Young guy, I was a kid. <clears throat> but um, I wrote a song, When the Gas Crisis Hit. Um, you, I don't know if you remember, in Iran, they had um, the gas, there was a gas crisis here, and it had something to do with Iran, but people got long gas lines. It was like the late 70s or mid-70s, and I, I wrote this song called Tiptoe to the Gas Pumps. And, um, and I made a deal with it and actually went uh, hit the charts. And when it did, I got a call from Tiny's old manager who wanted to step into the picture because picture, he smelled some money. And uh, his name was Roy Raiden. And uh, didn't know anything about Roy Raiden. He, I didn't know his background. I was a young kid from Kentucky, barely had shoes on. And uh, here I was fighting with somebody that had a lot of ties to the mafia. And Tiny kept walking around the, the office saying, Mr. Heavener. Uh, you will be in a lot of trouble if you insult Roy Raiden. I said, I don't care about this guy. Get around. Well, to cut a long story short, uh, Roy Raiden was uh, tied years later uh, in the 80s to the Cotton Club murder. He supposedly wanted to make this movie called Cotton Club. And, uh, uh, and they say he was murdered. In my book, I clearly uh, lay out how I do not believe he was murdered. I believe it was a sacrifice. And so, uh, but Roy Raiden happened to be my partner for several years as I was working with Tiny Tim. We fought all the time. Uh, I insulted him big time. And now looking back, he probably could have sent somebody out to, you know, give me a, a concrete overcoat and throw me in the, in the river, but he didn't. So there you go. Right. So he's connected with all these other figures. There was a, a sexual assault or rape charge associated with him, I think. But he was rumored to be a member of the Process Church, and the OTO, too, right? Still there? Yeah, so I think that in your book, you say that Roy Raiden was in there. He's in there with the OTO. Um, let's see. We've lost David. Um, yeah, so I think that Roy Raiden was the OTO, so he's definitely involved in kind of Satanism. And you, if you're watching this on Rockman, you can see right here the um, this old 78, I think, is, uh, yeah, 45 with Tiptoe to the Gas Pumps. And then David Heaven, or there's his name, 1979. So it's right there around the time of uh, the gas crisis and the lines and all that stuff. But, yeah, so Roy Raiden features in all over. He's kind of all over the place. Sisman murders were like seemed. I think they happened on Halloween, so they were a, <clears throat> a cult mur murder. And then Raiden too was led out to kind of the what we would call the grapevine here in um, Los Angeles. So it would be even past the valley, uh, kind of on the way to Bakersfield. Really, Gorman in the middle, back then in the middle of nowhere, and shot. And there was a Bible, and I don't think that the the murders were caught right away. I think later on they were caught. They were, it was four of them that went to jail. This one guy, Menser, who was supposed to be called Manson too, was involved in all kinds of skullduggery. But one of the people who was caught was also involved in coke trafficking. And I think that uh, Raiden too might have been involved in drugs too. So there was a lot of sketchy stuff going on. But I think this girl Greenberger, you can look her up online. She has a strange background. 
Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on in this book. He has a lot of interesting connections. And and uh, Tiny Tim was just a very strange character. Like, uh, he was really popular. He was on Johnny Carson. You can go watch him on YouTube on Johnny Carson. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know if Dave's going to come back. But he does a lot of different stuff. Like, he, he's going, he breaks down a lot of these chapters, a lot of t uh, topics that I've covered as well. The alien-demon connection. He talks about that. Talks about McMartin, satanic panic themes, things like that. He's also talked about 60s as a change era, era of change. A lot of stuff he knows a lot about the UFO kind of phenomenon. A lot of these names that people probably know, Harry Reid, Elizondo, Ancient Aliens. But he's worked with some interesting people. Tony, like you mentioned, Tony Curtis. Uh, Roddy did a show with Roddy Piper. So he goes in, uh, Heavener goes in and explains things about the movie They Live. So you can see that. But uh, he knows a lot of too about kind of mind control and how people's personalities get shattered and get changed and re kind of put together like a big, like a big, um, here he's back. Dave, so you're back. I am back. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Uh, okay. okay. You know, I talk about aliens in the book, so maybe they came down and tried to take me over. I don't know. There you go. Maybe we have an alien intervention. I was just talking kind of doing an overview. You go into kind of these different subjects. You've had your own kind of alien abduction story. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, I haven't talked about it much, William, but uh, but but I do want to start talking. It's in the book, obviously. Um, yeah, when I was 16 years old, I was out in the country with a bunch of other boys, and we uh, we mixed uh, um, uh, Seven Up, Seven Up uh, with uh, Mad Dog 2020 wine, if you remember that uh, cheapest wine you could get, and we put it in a big barrel and we drank a lot of it. Uh, all I remember, and it wasn't that I got drunk, it wasn't because I didn't drink tons of it, but all I remember is walking. The next morning, walking uh, in my underwear, looking at my feet as I'm walking. Now, having said that's all I remember, it's really not 100% true. I want to backtrack a little bit. In the middle of the night, I saw lights. I remember laying on the ground. Now, my memory wasn't like it was looking down, walking in my underwear when I, uh, the next morning when I came to 100%. I was, this was a fog. This was a fog. So I remember lights. I remember laying on some type of platform, uh, and uh, and I, I remember two or three um, uh, men, or it wasn't women because I, I didn't see any long hair, but men or beings or something over me, and um, I was not molested, but but they were seemed to be um, uh, kind of you might say doing some research and checking me out, if you know what I'm saying. And so uh, this happened about, oh, 40 some odd years ago. And um, as I have been uh, interviewing people that have had these same experiences, I keep going back to my experience and you'd be surprised how it aligns with so many other interviews I've done on abduction, uh, except for one small detail. 
one of the boys that I hung out with had a mother and uh, I believe she was a witch because all my clothes was found in her front yard. And so somehow I believe that witchcraft was involved tied into this abduction, uh, William. And that I have not interviewed too many people. I even talked to L.A. Marzulli. He said that was out of the norm. Uh, clearly, though, this woman, she had dark eyes. She did some very strange things. She said some things to me. I won't go into it. But clearly, she was dabbling in witchcraft uh, at best, uh, and she probably was a witch. Right. It's weird. So there is this connection between these events, what's called UFOs, and what demonology or witchcraft or the occult. Would you agree with that? Yes, there is. There's a definite tie. But here's been the problem that the ones it seems that when people investigate uh, the paranormal, which is what the world calls it, you and I call it uh, the demon. I call it the demon alien connection. I'm sure you have the same philosophy. They're interdimensional. They're yes. not extraterrestrial. Uh, yes. The problem is when people devote their life to that, they don't seem to move over into the demonic realm past the alien connection. In other words, they don't move into the witchcraft, into, uh, um, into the SRA, satanic ritual abuse. Um, and so therefore it becomes limited. Uh, whereas me, I interview everyone uh, like you. And uh, I've interviewed time and time again, SRA victims, program multiples, the people that have uh, been caught up in astral projection. Uh, and then I've been interviewed many people of the demon, demon alien, alien demon connection, abduction. So you marry the two together, William, and you'll see that they, they're very much, they very much coincide with one another. Right. Almost like the demon, the alien stories are very similar to the old stories they would talk about demons. It's just that they've changed the name. That's really all it is. Like people get the same thing. They're afraid. They get lost. They feel confused or something or terrified often respond to the name of Jesus. So like if there's some type of uh, sleep paralysis or something like that, like I've heard so many stories consistently. They don't like uh, the word of the Bible and they don't like the Jesus Christ, which should be very telling. Once people start talking about that, these entities or whatever, they tend to uh, recede, subside. Something, something happens, I would say. I've seen, Absolutely. I've heard that story many times. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, you just mentioned SRA and this whole program multiples. There's other darker things that you've come across, this kind of ritual abuse, but also this uh, modern kind of element of uh, mind control, right? Can you talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, um, there's two, there's, there's levels of mind control. The most primitive level, mind control 101, I want to call it, is the media, even though it's 101 and primitive, it's the most deadly and it's the most toxic, okay? And more people are affected by it. Everybody's affected by it, whether we like it or not. So we are being controlled by the media. It is a planned event. It is orchestrated. People don't really understand that. They don't get it. And the more they become uh, under the control of the Antichrist, uh, which is the Hollywood is the Antichrist vehicle, the less they can hear you, okay? And I talk about this in my book. Uh, I call it the satanic pyramid. And I'll just uh, recap it a little bit. 
you have uh, various uh, avenues that the satan that the satan satanists work in antichrist uh, you have the political system the religious system the financial system the cultural system the educational system these systems are the systems of the antichrist it's the antichrist uh, pyramid satanic pyramid now hollywood is not a system hollywood is a vehicle it carries these systems to and fro all right it, it is not a system in itself for instance it talks about uh it'll come on make a movie about um you know about politics and it'll have an agenda it'll make a movie about religion it will have an agenda uh, and, and the worst media there is, is the media on television, so-called news, which is not news anymore. And this clearly uh, is a vehicle for uh, the satanic pyramid. Right. So it's all these all these little uh, bricks in the whole pyramidal structure. And the TV, it's interesting that you say that, like they can't, they, the TV is so powerful. It's not just that it's giving you toxic information. It's preventing you from getting good information. That's really an interesting insight. It really is yeah. true. Like it almost like plugs people's ears from hearing anything different. They immediately in their minds, it's like, oh, that's creepy. Uh, conspiratorial thinking, conspiracy theorist, you know, uh, somebody in the wilderness who eats bugs. So yeah, yeah, well, they've been. Yeah. yeah well, I talk about this in the book. It's called the satanic panic. And, um, I talk about the McMartin trial uh, out in California, one of the longest, most expensive, horrendous, ridiculous trials known to mankind. I won't go into it in detail because it takes too long. But basically, they uh, they accused of this uh, this grandmother and the son or mother and son of all of these horrific crimes. And they brought the, the kids in. Psychiatrists started uh, started interviewing them. They did basically mind control on these kids to the point where they would come up with these stories. Well, at the end of the day, uh, everyone was acquitted. Now, uh, they said in there that it was satanic ritual abuse. They said that it, there was all kinds of cult. They said it was this. They said it was that. Well, then everyone was acquitted, meaning that it didn't really exist. So this is Satan's way of taking something like satanic ritual abuse, which is real, uh, something like program multiples, mind control, and bringing it out into the forefront, into the public, where everybody in the mainstream, everybody's watching it through a trial, and at the end of the day, it's discredited. And it's called the satanic panic. Did it with uh, Rosemary's Baby, did it with Sybil, the uh, t TV series movie with Sally Fields, I don't know if you saw that. Um, they, they discredited uh, the author who the, the people that were behind it, who supposedly came up, it was about their life. And then they discredited that. But you see, this is what Satan does. He takes something, he'll have somebody come out with it that's a counterfeit, saying that it's real, this happened to him. He'll make it plastered all over the world on movies, television, and then he'll discredit it. But that's not the case. It is very real. Right. And they have something called the witch hunt narrative, like, oh, you're a witch hunter, you're a panic. They use it all the time. I've studied the West Memphis Three in detail. Same thing happened. Yeah. They call yeah. you satanic panic. There's tons of mm -hmm. occultism all over that case. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, McMartin is a good example. And it's interesting because they use McMartin as always the example of they never were convicted. They were tried tight twice, and they almost were going to try him again. So yeah. um, 
wasn't exactly like uh, they got the case thrown out or something like that. Right. But you have to ask, why did they even do it? What was behind it, especially a second time and maybe a, uh, trying to do it a third? You have to ask yourself, you know, I always do. I'm an investigator. So, so are you. And I'm always asking questions. Why, 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 why? There has to be something behind it. Now, if you research and it's in the book, if you research deep enough, you'll find there were a few people with agendas. Yeah. But that certainly faded out. And then that certainly wouldn't have caused a second uh uh, trial. And so I believe it was Satan coming in, the, the demons coming in, wanting to really smear everybody's face and then discredit it. Yeah, no, it's something strange happened in the public perception of that whole case really is true. And a lot of these cases, there's other cases. I think there was a really horrific case in Florida that was uh, there. Were, evidence was there of all this like Stuff that unspeakable depravity was done to these kids, and uh, it was proven. It's proven in a court of law, and these yeah. happen. I mean, these these cruelly cults exist. I've covered those in Children of the Beast too. There's one in England. There's one in Central California. Actually, believe it or not, there's one in Fresno. A lot of abuse took place there too. So, a lot of that. But you've also done uh, so 50 movies. You've worked with some pretty remarkable people: Roddy Piper, Tony Curtis. Can you kind of talk about? your career in uh, Hollywood and what you saw kind of, you kind of were able to see underneath the surface uh, of these industries firsthand, right? Yeah, right. I was kind of the kid on the block that came in. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was th thrown into a situation uh, that only God can throw you in. Um, here I am directing uh, Tony Curtis and an all-star cast in a movie for HBO, and I'm starring with them, and I wrote it, and I'm directing it and producing it. And Tony Curse looked at me and said, Kid, what are you doing here? And I said, that's a good question. I don't know. But we, we starred together, got to know each other. Uh, Tony Curtis, I mentioned this in my book. I don't go into it in detail because I'm very sensitive to people's families and stuff like that, even though he's gone now and, and so forth. But we were doing a scene out in the desert and uh, the crew took a break and he and I just stayed there because we didn't want to get up and leave and we were tired in the middle, middle of the night and uh, dark. And he said, David, he goes, uh, you know, they're out there, right? And I said, uh, who? He said, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Now, at that time, I wasn't really aware, uh, William, of all this stuff I'm aware of now. Uh, but he went on to tell me. He said, these are beings that are walking the earth. And, you know, he got into some detail. And now years later, I look back and I go, here I've got an Academy Award nominee telling me about Nephilim and talking to me about demonic uh, activity, you know. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of those kind of experiences. A lot of actors are, have either played with demons. Um, they know about demons or sometimes they're full of demons. Uh, a lot of dem demonic activity out there. In Hollywood, right? So do you think that these people are taking inspiration from these entities to create their art? No, no, not, not all of them. Some of them, yes. <clears throat> not in the case of Tony. Um, he had a drug problem. He kicked that. Uh, he, you know, he, like all of us, he had his demons. You know, Tony was uh, Jewish because uh, that wasn't his real name, Tony Curtis. Uh, and um, so he wasn't he wasn't a Christian. So I don't know how he handled the demonic realm. 
but he did he did was able to kick his addiction of uh, of drugs uh, the drug I think it was cocaine that he had but he clearly wasn't possessed and he clearly wasn't you know uh, feeding idols and you know speaking of feeding idols I put this in the book and I won't say who it is but a major TV star at the time who was in one of my HBO movies major star uh, people hung posters of him all over the wall like an idol good-looking guy at the time. Uh, he invited me to his house he, and he fixed the, for, for dinner and he fixed three plates, one for him, one for me. And I said, who's the other one for? He says, well, follow me. And he would go in and feed his idol. He had it in the living room. And that's what he did for many, many years. He invited me to a channeling session. I went, I got unfortunately involved in it. Um, so I, I saw it firsthand. Only because I was, you know, this was years ago. You know, we're talking 25, 30 years ago. I was too stupid to know what was going on. So there are some actors, directors, producers that do, uh, that are in the occult. Uh, but a lot of them are just trying to deal with their demons, you know. Interesting. So it is there, that kind of thing. When you channel, did you uh, talk to other entities? Isn't that what the whole goal is? To channel you know, entities? When you channel when you channel it's usually you become a channel for other spirits um i you know i don't know that you could talk back to an entity but usually it you sit around a room and you wait for the spirit to come into the person the person will start talking according to that spirit it's usually an ancestor uh and they will give you direction advice whatever i'm trying to remember if they ever talked to themselves or to another entity not that i remember but i'm going to tell you it definitely doesn't happen interesting and what kind of did you see i mean you've been in hollywood for decades i mean is there any other stuff isn't there like a lot of uh sexual abuse and uh some kind of criminality and things like that that happen <laughs> sexual abuse uh you know uh that's that's putting it mildly are you kidding me uh, Hollywood is nothing but one big sexual abuser. Okay, um, of course there is. It's 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 uh, it has gone way underground now because of the uh, politics and because of the media uh, and the and the the culture, the pressure of the culture. But it's there bigger than it's ever been. It's just gone way deep, 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 deep. It used to be on the on the uh, surface because well nobody you know, would bring it out. Nobody would call him out. But then when you had Bill Cosby, you had, uh, um, uh, who was the other guy? Uh, that uh, Weinstein. Uh, well, Epstein, yeah. Epstein, but, Weinstein. Or, yeah. yeah, Weinstein, yeah. But, you know, when those guys started going down, um, and those were the big guys, uh, all everybody else started going underground. They actually started earlier than that because they knew that they were being policed and they were gonna, somebody's going to come after them. But trust me on this. It wasn't the idea of the politicians and the police to come after these guys. It was the fact that they were getting pressure from different groups to clean it up. You know, uh, so don't think that we see the good guys coming after the bad. It's really the bad guys coming after the worst. But they had the pressure put on them. Uh, by other groups to say clean this mess up but it, it they didn't clean it up it just went deeper and deeper underground to where nobody can see it wow interesting so it's still around 
all that stuff is still around. And do you think that there's a lot of kind of mind control? You have a whole section on your in your book about Hollywood mind control, even in the title. Do you think that that's a common characteristic of some of these actors and some of these films is uh, mind oh, I, control? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I've worked with actors on the set, known actors. Remember, I've done 50 movies and I've worked with probably 20 or 25 known stars. Okay. Uh, there's been, and it's not just the known actors. The only reason I'm bringing them up is it, it's a little bit more shocking when you see them on television. But I have starred and done scenes with actors, William, who were not even really there. Okay. Wow. Uh, they were not there. The, now, somebody was there, but they weren't. Okay. Um, I've done scenes. I did one with a, with a, 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 a female star. Um, and in the midst of the scene, literally, she morphed. I actually saw a shape shift. I, I was, wow. and I didn't understand this at the time. This is 26 years ago. But I saw a, her face morphed. And uh, it was very strange because when it morphed, it morphed when the camera was on me. You know, we do, we do ma uh, masters, we do two shots, we do over the shoulders, then we do close-ups. It happened to be on my close-up, which means she was off camera. But when I saw that and her face morphed, it was so shocking, I had to yell cut. And the DP goes, wow. what's going on? I said, I don't know. I think I've worked too many hours, you know? And uh, so, so after that, I kept looking at her face. I'm going, this girl shapeshifted. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, people don't believe that. I heard that Johnny Depp is, like, de definitely taking on entities to help with his characters. Like, he covets, or, I mean, that's my understanding, is he covets some kind of form of possession to do his job. I mean, so it's not out well, of the, the realm of belief, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm a Johnny Depp fan as far as his acting. I don't know him personally. I, I, I don't. I'm only talking his acting. And you know what? Hey, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I don't know him, and I would never get into that arena without knowing somebody. But I can tell you that when, as an actor, you are trained to become a empty vessel so you can be taken over by another entity. Okay. And if you look at actors, sometimes you look at them and go, how in the world did they do that scene? That's not even them. Well, sometimes it ain't them. Sometimes they're oh, taken over. Uh, because when you leave yourself blank for, for so long and you're taught to do that, it's by going to zero. When you do that so long, you know the demons are going to hang out waiting for a chance to jump in, right? Um, so I'm glad you brought that up because not too many people have. It's interesting. And I mean, you kind of see, I mean, I think that your kind of worldview, you have a much more like there's definitely good and bad spirits around always kind of influencing events in your life. Would you agree with that? Uh, you were kind of breaking up. You said that there's. Oh, I would just say, yeah. I mean, you say you think that, I mean, I guess that would be an authentic Christian worldview that there are angels and demons, right? So do you yeah. kind of get the sense that they're influencing your life? Like you've had so oh. many spiritual experiences. Oh, absolutely. When I was five years old, I used to go with my papa, my grandpa, uh, on his pie truck run. He used to uh, deliver pies to stores, bluebird pies. I don't know if you remember those. But at five years old, my mother would let me go with him. The problem is my grandfather, he was a drunk. 
he went to World War II. His job was picking up dead bodies, soldiers, and he just was tormented. So by noon, he was drunk. So one day we were driving, riding down this road, and he was swerving. And we swerved out into the front of a semi, a, a, a tractor-trailer semi. And I'm telling you, I, I was five years old. I saw two beings pick that truck up, my Papa's pie truck, and, and put it on the side of the road and give it a little spin. Now, when I say give it a little spin, I don't know if it was them spinning it. All I remember is the car was spinning around. But I do remember that we went over into that lane, and I remember that semi, but I remember the, 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 the car, my Papa's car, getting picked, truck getting picked up put on the side of the road. That was my first experience with, with angels. My next experience is when he, several years later, I went with him, and he took me to Central State Hospital, which was a mental facility owned by the government at that time. And he left me in the car. He said, you stay here. I'm going to drop these pies off. And when I was in the car, I saw these patients, mentally ill, uh, walking around. And there was one lady that saw me. I remember she had the stringy hair. And she walked up to the truck, looked at me, and she growled in a low voice with dark eyes. She said, we don't want you here. That's exactly what I saw, and then 16 years, uh, 11 years later, I saw those same dark eyes in the mother of that guy that I was drinking with before I had my abduction experience. Those same eyes. And you kind of had the view, I mean, you worked at a mental health facility. You kind of had the view that these people were mentally ill, but also spiritually possessed or... Um, attacked yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, because I would, when I was a kid, I would tell people about my experiences with angels and, and, and demons to the point where they just thought I was crazy. My mother took me to a psychiatrist several times to have me evaluated. Uh, she even took me to doctors to see if there was anything wrong with me physically because I talked about the spirit world so much that I really, by the time I hit 17, 18, I had two choices, either go and find out if there was something wrong with me or get on drugs. And I decided to go to college and study to be a social worker. And I got a job as a social worker at that same hospital my papa took me to when I was uh, seven years old. And uh, I actually worked with patients. And a lot of this is in my book. Uh, the, uh, I document the cases of some of my patients and, uh, and and I lay out what was demonic, I believe, and what was actually mental illness. Some of those people. And you can, they act like people from kind of like uh, the New Testament almost. Some of these people like screaming out and tormented. It doesn't seem like they're just going through some physical event, at least in my mind. I mean. No. Um, Absolutely. And you, yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, your view, um, you have some thoughts on Elvis. Like you definitely have like a, a investigative journalist sensibility about a lot of events. Big Pharma, Elvis. Can you kind of talk about some of the stuff you've learned that's also in the book? Yeah, you know, I did a movie called um, Elvis from Outer Space. I, I didn't play Elvis. I played a Elvis impersonator. 
Um, but on the set, I was able to meet Sonny West, who was Elvis's real bodyguard. And Sonny shared some amazing things with me, just mind-blowing. Uh, and also, I researched Elvis, too. And I researched the, the, the movie was about the fact that the FBI, CIA, whatever you want to call it, deep state, uh, took Elvis, to, uh, froze his body, uh, took him into outer space. And uh, he's been hanging out there for, I don't know, 40 years, you know. Uh, and so on the surface, it sounds like a really bad sci-fi movie. But as you dig into it and you start discovering these techniques they use for freezing people and they clearly are using these techniques you just don't hear about it i'm not telling you elvis left the building he didn't die i'm not saying that william but i'm saying if you read the book and some of the things i lay out in it there, you there's a you have a lot more questions after it's over uh then you have answers meaning i do give answers but then you got some more questions going okay who is behind this so yeah, that's interesting. The Elvis, the Elvis Presley uh, story, right? Like, if there's something suspicious about him, he was also kind of a much more interesting character than just a singer. My understanding is he knew a lot about esotericism and uh, was a bit more kind of new agey than people might think. But he did, you know. It, 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 I researched his mother quite a bit. She, she was, um, she was quite interesting. Um, the mother, I think, the mother um dabbled in new age i think that if she didn't know she was dabbling in it i think she was just in it but didn't understand it she laid a lot of that stuff on elvis he had a twin brother um and i think there was a there, there was a name that he gave him and i'm not i'm gonna blow this because i gotta you know it, it's it's like satin it's like uh you know so i researched that name and folks you gotta you gotta research the stuff you gotta go deep down into it and see how what it has ties to. Uh, Elvis, I believe, was um, in a way a program multiple. I think that he had several personalities. Okay, I don't go into that in the book because I, I did, couldn't find an avenue to go down on that. But I think because of the mother, because of New Age, uh, because things she was in, and the influence that she had on him. Uh, I think caused there to be several personalities, just in the like in the case of Tiny Tim. Interesting. So Tiny Tim had different personalities. Elvis. So a lot of these guys have either they just had it from their own traumatic childhood. Is that it? Is that what you think that they dissociated that way, or well, you no, think that they weren't made into it? Well, there's 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 kind of two methods, you know. The first, which is obvious, is the satanic ritual abuse, where you inflict enough pain where a child will disassociate. Uh, there will be a splitting of personalities. That's the most common, and I cover that a lot, and I'm sure you do too. Um, that that is that, that is when someone usually is 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 set out on the mission of splitting a child. It's done under sacrifice, done under the satanic ritual abuse, um, uh, corporate type of abuse where there's one or more people. But there's also individual uh, people that have been abused themselves and they will abuse a child that way uh, because the demon is passed on and the child can be split that way. But there's another way. Um, and that is not a, a infliction of pain like immediate or, or, or where it's very concise, this is mind control over a long period of time, okay? This is where I think that Tiny 
uh, Tiny Tim and Elvis, and, and quite frankly, some of the other entertainers that you've seen, uh, you know, out on the screen, and also singers too, uh, they've suffered this. Not so much from satanic ritual abuse of a one-time event or, or corporate, many times through a corporate structure. Uh, they've had somebody in their life that has actually uh, cast spells and actually performed mind control uh, on these children. You know, there's no saying, give me a child, we come from the psych background, give me a child from one to seven and I'll make that man. You know, in other words, you give it to him from one to seven, I'll give him back to you and good luck on that one because what I do to him, he's pretty much gonna live with the rest of his life. So a lot of these people did have emotional, psychological abuse without any sexual or physical uh, touching at all. Right, but they become different. Like, didn't Marilyn Mon Marilyn Monroe have different personalities? Is my understanding. Like, she was—I don't know. Some of these people, their stories about literal ones, which is like what Candy, some of these other yeah. people around Hollywood, right? Yeah, you know, I don't know about Marilyn Monroe because I didn't make a movie about her and I didn't research her. But she is a little bit out there. You know, if you study her, I mean, she's got some stuff going on. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised either. David, we are at the 40-minute mark. I mean, is there anything you'd like to add? There's a lot in this book. It's a, it's a very well-researched book. You have these sections of talking to people who are interested in these similar subjects. Um, what would you like to add or anything I missed before we wrap it up? Well, you know, I'm making this TV series, Last Evangelist, and um, what I'm doing is taking the same kind of stuff that's in this book and I'm putting it in a TV series. That's like, I call it CSI meets the book of revelation. I play a cop. Like you said, before I play a cop that busts underground churches, uh, episode one is already out. Uh, we talk about the insertion, which is like Mark of the beast. Uh, they can watch it exclusively on David but William, we're making episode two. And if it's okay, I would like to tell people just a little bit about that. Uh, this is Please David Hevener. TV, by the way, if you want to go and sign up, you can get a month free. Uh, or if you sign up for a year, you get two months free. There's over 850 original programs on here. We have different channels. We have the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, if you click uh, sign up, it'll take you to the actual um, uh, page on it. But we've got over, uh, I think there's 15 channels now. And oh. uh, we have, uh, uh, on astral projection, we have the channels on uh, sleep paralysis, on uh, end times prophecy, uh, the Bible channel. We've got uh, how to fight demon, the demonic influence channel. I mean, you can see on there what everybody gets. And we have the last evangelist channel. But we are um, we're actually making episode two. It's about the vaccine. It's about the truth of the vaccine. And I play a, my cop character goes in and tries to find out who's really behind this vaccine and what is it really all about. If you go to lastevangelist.com, you'll see uh, information on that. And the way I'm doing it um, is, uh, William, is I'm doing it through crowdfunding. God said, do not go to the beast system. Go to uh, my system, my people. So you can go to lastevangelist.com. You can donate. Uh, you can become a donor. You can become a, your own crowd funder if you want to do that. Uh, you can see we're raising some money now. Sure could use your help. And then we'll be out with it in uh, April. 
And uh, if you, hey, you can be an actor in it. You can be an associate producer. So go there, donate. David Heavener, uh, sorry, lastevangelist.com. Right. So you can see this if you're watching this on Rockfin or somewhere else. You can see the donate page or fundraising page for that. But you can also click through at davidhevener.tv, right? Yeah, lastevangelist.com. You can go there or you can go to davidhevener.tv and you can sign up uh, to my uh, to my network. Um, and if you want the book, uh, can I tell everybody how to get the book if they're interested? Yes, please do. Yeah. You can go to davidhevener.tv forward slash order, or you can uh, text uh, the num uh, text the word chosen to eight uh, nine one nine nine nine, or you can call eight four four eight zero six triple zero six. You can pick up the book. Hey, William, you can get your you can get your uh, legalized Jesus T-shirt. So there you go. Nice, nice. Uh, And you can get arrested. You get arrested for that these days. There's a guy who just got kicked out of a, a shopping mall for something like ask jesus or call upon jesus oh. they kicked him out that's, oh it's uh, terrible that, that, that's where we're at that, that's where we're at that's, that's, that's people. Yeah. if you do what jesus does you're going to be illegal and that's why i say yeah. legalize jesus you can get your last evangelist coffee mug too so. nice and you can get some of the other the first one too you can watch the first one in the series as well on your show on your website you mm -hmm. and, and is that the best place if go ahead Oh, you can order the DVD, too, just by uh, going to davidhevener.tv forward slash order. And uh, the only place you can watch episode one is davidhevener.tv. Gotcha. So you can go there. And is that the best place to contact you as well as to go to the website? If anybody wants to contact me, they can send me an email at david at davidhevener.tv. David at davidhevener.tv. Gotcha. And so that's the, I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put a link to your website in the show notes and also where to get the book. It's also distributed on Amazon too, right? It is on Amazon. It is on Amazon. And, and I've got my Monday night show, which you were on. You alluded to earlier, William. Um, it's uh, David Hebner Live. Uh, and I cover all kinds of topics the church won't talk about. I cover and I have guests on like yourself, very interesting people. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. You can go to davidhevner.tv, watch it, or you can go to YouTube, Facebook, uh, Rumble, you know, all those other platforms. Hey, and I'm preaching a Sunday morning service at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on all those same platforms. So nice. So there's a lot of content people can check out. Your book has 37 five-star reviews too right now. So you can also get the paperback or Kindle, but also you can get it through David as well. So Highly recommend this book. A lot of information, first-person experience as well. Very interesting historical study as well. So I'm delighted to have you. So again, the author again is David Hevener. And the book we talked about is End Times Investigations. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, William. God bless you. God bless you too.